to Come Along With Me, a podcast for fans who have finished all ten seasons of Adventure Time and want to journey back through the land of Ooh in an episode-by-episode analysis of Cartoon Network's most mathematical TV show. I am Laura the Human. And I'm KK, also the human. This is Chapter 2.15, The Real You, boarded by Adam Muto and Rebecca Sugar. In this episode of Come Along With Me, the last great question in theoretical physics is love. This podcast contains full spoilers for all of Adventure Time. If you haven't finished the series, turn back now. Ahead of Princess Bubblegum's Super Science Barbecue Conference, Finn hopes to impress her with a gifted sculpture of the Candy Kingdom made from his own spit. While the sculpture is destroyed before she can see it, PB is impressed by Finn's gift of a pink tray and his swift action in stopping a fire. She thinks his heroic brain is fascinating and asks him to speak at the conference. Panicked, Finn sets off to learn something smart enough to present. He tries going to the library, but gets kicked out for being too loud. He attends Worm University, but gets attacked. Finally, Jake suggests he take the easy solution, buy a pair of intelligence-enhancing glasses from Choose Goose. With the glasses on, Finn's understanding of the universe fundamentally shifts. At the conference, he presents a device that can blow bubbles in multiple dimensions. Everything goes wrong when the fourth-dimensional bubble becomes a black hole. Brainiac Finn is helpless to stop it, instead consumed by the minutiae of the universe. Princess Bubblegum is horrified until she learns about the mind-altering glasses. I need the real you, she tells Finn, and takes them off. Immediately, Finn snaps into hero mode and destroys the black hole with a fourth-dimensional sword. While PB is initially distraught that her conference was ruined, all her guests loved it. Finding a list written by Brainiac Finn, they discover he'd planned the whole thing. While normal Finn is flummoxed, PB kisses him on the cheek. <laughs> I like this episode. I have mixed feelings. I, and I don't the end know why. is a bummer, but I like the rest of the episode. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Uh, I really like that section where like Finn's brain expands, so we like peer into his cells, and the cells become the universe, and the universe becomes him, and. That's that's a pretty cool animated sequence. Yeah, I, that's my I favorite. Agree. That's your favorite part. That's my favorite part. Yours? I don't know. I think the animation of the fourth dimensional sword and and bubble is really really cool. I like that a lot. I like that too. And I'm also personally very much fascinated by the whole like flatland concept of like it's impossible for us to conceive of other dimensions. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, us trying to figure out what the fourth dimension would look like is like a, a square trying to perceive a cube type thing. Also, PB is wearing a rainicorn shirt and cute shorts and tube socks. That's pretty great also. That's pretty great. Uh, I love that Princess that Princess Bubblegum just wears Lady Rainicorn merch. Like, <laughs> I don't know, that feels like me walking around with a KK shirt. Uh, it, it's pretty dope. Um, later at the actual barbecue, she's wearing the weirdest white jumpsuit thing I've ever seen. That's, um, it's very strange. Uh, it's very, like, 80s sci-fi movie, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a bodysuit. It's like a bodysuit, but it has like weird blue swirls on it and this like half collar sticking out on the right side, except it's like round and flat. I mean, she really goes for it in the fashion department sometimes, so. You know, she's been alive for like a thousand years, so maybe it's just sort of like, you know, your grandparents who still wear fashion from 50 years ago, except she wears every single fashion from the last seven centuries. Uh, I'll tell you, which is not my favorite part, besides the, we'll talk about the awkward romance stuff, but uh, the scale model of the Candy Kingdom made out of saliva. Okay, here's the thing about that. If it wasn't actually made from saliva, I think PB would absolutely adore that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess, I guess it's kind of cool, like, technically impressive. It's tech, you know, it's, it's sort of like when somebody makes a sandcastle. It's like, wow, that you made that out of a very fleeting material, just like times 11, right? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And I'm just saying Princess Bubblegum is, has a bit of an ego on her. So I think, uh, tributes to her, 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 you know, tributes to her kingdom would, would go down smooth. True. Peppermint Butler is a star in this episode, actually. Very brief appearance, but his refusal to give up a spatula uh, leading to a fire that nearly destroys the entire stage is is pretty great. (laughs) Pep butt. We were talking about this in the other tarts, how like, how aware is Finn that he's not the brightest bulb in the box? And the answer is quite. I can't hang with those guys. I'm full of stupid. Which, you know what, is fair on one hand. I think it's it's good to have an accurate assessment of your own intelligence. On the other hand, you are only 12, Finn. He is only 12, and has he ever gone to formal school? No. No. And His I, education I still... was in the hands of uh, uh, dark magic fighting, somewhat good, somewhat bad dad, and a rowdy party dog with ADHD. Yes, and... I, I still very much like my headcanon that eventually Princess Bubblegum had to, like, lure him into at least some school under the pretense that he was doing something heroic. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thank God, I've taught him basic math. The chocolate-covered almond, um, the wiki calls him a bonbon, that's fighting with Peppermint Butler's name is Chet. That sounds familiar. He's in Slumber Party Panic and a few other episodes. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so we go back to the library, which I think we've already been to before, so... The library is also, by the way, very cool. The design of it. Mm-hmm, hmm I like Turtle Princess. Uh, she deserves some love. Uh, I also noticed that they were sitting on cosmic owl chairs. <laughs> like that's the great. The backs had little cosmic owls on them, so I, I kind of like that that would be something libraries... That would be, like, the deity that librarians look up to you know yeah i'm into that i also really like jake immediately hey finn let's split this turned out to be boring (laughs) i feel like somebody really has to teach uh finn and jake how to find good books because why were you just reading random books on figs and pigs i mean he's full of stupid lore what do you want from him (laughs) i guess i guess uh, the line, who would win in a fight between Nietzsche's Ubermensch and Mandroid, Werewolf Queen, it's always Werewolf Queen, is... That was maybe 
can I actually change my favorite moment of the episode to that? Because that made me pause the episode to laugh for like 30 seconds. I, I, I don't know if that was mucho or sugar, but it sure feels like that, like their combo of humor. It really does. And I want to know, is Werewolf Queen a fictional character in this universe? You know, Ala, is this who would win in a fight, Superman or Batman? Or is it that Werewolf Queen is a person in this universe? Like, you know, she's she's Marceline's equal. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> if, exes, if she exists, you know. I want to see, see Werewolf Queen. Yeah, me too. I bet they're, I bet they're like... She and Marceline were like never dated, but they definitely had. They were like we're arch enemies, but they definitely just had a lot of tension, you know. <laughs> Cheese goose, choose goose. Oh, I love Cheese goose. He's great. It's always fun when he shows up, you know. And he just wants to be entertained. <laughs> I love how in like one episode he'll be like, "Hey, if you want to get this sword, you're gonna have to like." pay me a ridiculous amount of money and another one he's like yeah here's this uh, artifact that will make you the most intelligent being in the entire universe i'll do it for a five second finger dance <laughs> he was scatting you know right does that count as scatting that's what my uh closed caption said he was doing so i i don't know <laughs> right well if the closed <clears throat> captions say it it must be true right i think we mentioned this last episode but there were a bunch of mo's in the audience which is cool, of the barbecue conference. And, you know, we'll reiterate, maybe they didn't know at this point and they were just modeling the the nerdy robots after BMO, but it ends up being relevant and cool. Yeah, yeah, I really dig that there there were, like, that continuity, accidentally or not, was there. Um, I've got a real nitpicky question. Mm-hmm. How are the glasses staying on Finn's face? When there's a black hole? No, just in general. Oh, because he's wearing a hood. He's wearing a hood <laughs> over his ears. <laughs> That's a really good question, Laura. <laughs> you see, I bring only the most important questions to this podcast. Um, there's a throwaway line where PB says to another attendee, showing your fascinating research on the notion of cuteness. And I wish we could have seen that presentation. Yeah, I, I was also fascinated because um, that guy was clearly a marshmallow, which means there are a few candy people that PB gave a little more intelligence. Oh, true. Which, I mean, we've always known because Pep Butt is clearly smarter than the average candy. True, true, true. Given PB's background with imbuing her people with intelligence and the trauma she has around it, I always wonder how a few of these exceptions cropped up, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Finn didn't just become more intelligent, he also became a super jerk. <laughs> well, I'm going to recommend She-Ra as my media rec, because he was giving me major Entrapta vibes. I mean, you say that, but Entrapta, I feel, was never mean to people, okay? I don't think Finn's mean to the either. I think he's just blinded by science. But he is mean, because, like, when... Uh, I'd say passive-aggressively, but, you know, the marshmallow is like, uh, here's my theories, and he's like, oh, how quaint. I remember when I used to think like you. I'm oh, like, you're oh, right. man, you're right. Finn. You're, right. you're a jerk. Just because you're intelligent doesn't mean you, you're allowed to be mean, right? You're right. You're right. Uh, I will say, when even Princess Bubblegum is telling you that your science has gone too far, you know you have gone off the deep end. <laughs> Don't you see, Princess? We were all born to die. 
Oh boy, that's depressing. Um, but then it turns out that it was all, all the machinations of Genius Fen. Uh huh. So he he knew that he had to be ridiculous and over the top and almost kill everyone so that Princess Bubblegum would realize how wonderful normal him is, take off the glasses, and then normal Finn would impress her and happily ever after, I guess. And, like, if you just adjust it, that storyline a little bit, like, it's really lovely how much Princess Bubblegum cares and admires this boy. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think, I don't know, I do genuinely love Princess Bubblegum and Finn's relationship. Like, you know, from PB's perspective, like, why should she even care about this guy? He's, he's like, 12 years old. And he's not very smart, and he's not going to last very long, but I don't know. I think, you know, he's so open and honest and genuine that I think he really does get past her barriers, and I think he really does help her think about things in a different way, and vice versa. I think Princess Bubblegum teaches Finn a lot, and, you know, is somebody who really does get him to start thinking more intelligently, not in a science way, but more in a consider your actions type way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a genuinely great relationship. It's just in this these first few seasons, we can't have any of that without being like, but are they going to smooch or not? <laughs> I'm surprised uh, Rebecca Sugar and Adam Muto put this in one of their episodes. I know when we talked about It Came From the Nightosphere, it was like, they're not playing around with Marcelina and Finn, that's sibling relationship, but... I don't know. I, just... I don't, I mean, I think it was just, listen, all of the writer's team, when you are on a team of writers, like, even if you personally aren't shipping the main ship, you have to, your job is to build up to it, right? True. That's true. Like, yeah, I agree it's a little surprising, but it was just given in cartoons at the time. It still is to a certain extent that the main guy and the main girl are going to be, get together, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it doesn't surprise me too much. Honestly, I think I've always thought it's kind of amazing that I always respect it when a show or a book or whatever goes, hey, we had we were building to this romance, but then we realize actually it doesn't work for the characters and we've changed their tra- trajectories, you know? Yeah, that is pretty cool when they can do that. So, yeah. Overall, I think it's a pretty fun episode, even if it's a very predictable one, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that has to be a bad thing, but it is. I I like it a lot. There's a lot of good good moments. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't say I like it a lot, but I enjoy it well enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I I had one uh, linguistics biz. Okay. Instead of saying like, "Can I see it?" PB says, "Can I scope it?" I like that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, turns of phrase I think in the Rebecca Sugar episodes that I really like. Because that that does feel like a natural drifting of the language, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. KK, you already gave us a little hint earlier, but do you have a media rec for us? Yeah, so uh, Finn was giving me, like I said, major Intrapta vibes from She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. It's a cartoon on Netflix. I just finished my first rewatch of She-Ra, and I gotta say... Sent me more than a few videos of you <laughs> ca- crying and sobbing. 
I'm like, I I certainly liked it my first watch through, but I kind of like, I came for the gay, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I didn't really appreciate. Wait, are you telling me she was gay? Oh, it's the gayest. I, that doesn't sound right. No one is, no one is straight in, in (laughs) She-Ra. No one. It's true. It's a. If our real world is heteronormative, Shira is homonormative. Yes. <laughs> That's not to say people are all homosexual straight up, but they're all queer for sure. They're all queer for sure, yeah. Yeah, so the, I like I said, I came for the gay, but I ended up just falling in love this time with like the character arcs are really well done, and the character dynamics between people are just so wonderful, and... There's a lot of affection between characters that's not related to relation, like romantic relationships, which is always really lovely to see. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, there's princesses and that's cute and it's really gay, guys. So I don't know. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about Entrapta and various She-Ra characters, but you know what? This is not the time or place for us to get into it. But hey, if you ever want us to do a She-Ra podcast, you guys let us know. <laughs> or just send us a question like, can you just ramble about She-Ra for 30 yeah. minutes? Yeah, because... I'd, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining KK and Laura the Humans on Come Along With Me. You can email us your questions and comments at adventuretimepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Come Along With Me, where the last E is a three. And Instagram and Tumblr at Adventure Time Pod. Now come on, grab your friends, and go to very distant lands. Do, 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 do.